You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Big show, served up hot and fresh, only on 105.7 FM. The fans, Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, along with Dwight Albrecht. Good morning. Along Sparky. with Phil Brylo. Hey, hey. Time to talk about some bowling here this week. And I continue to have stories. I swear to you, each and every week, I end up coming in here with another story. And this is, to me, some of the stuff um, that I'm I'm talking about. This tweet came in earlier this week, um, and it didn't come into the fan account, but we follow a lot of the listeners that listen to the fan here in Milwaukee on Twitter, and I would just happen to be on Twitter and saw this person uh, tweet this. And the uh, thing on the person's, uh, the Twitter thing is, Brewer, sign a picture, please, right? That's his Twitter handle. And he tweets this out randomly. Dwight, does anyone watch bowling? Seems to be gaining ground on a national stage. Norm Duke seems to be the biggest name right now. I like it. It's fun to watch. So I replied back and said, hey, man, check out Spare Time Bowling Show. We just had Norm Duke on last week. Gave him the link to the podcast. He goes to the podcast. He responds back, cool. My 13-year-old son and I watched him get his latest PBA championship yesterday. Mm -hmm. And then he tweeted out to everybody to listen to our show. After nice. that, right? Yeah. And Thank then you. I saw other people start responding. Absolutely, Cam, don't miss it. Da 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 da. And I'm sitting here going, my goodness, my goodness. I mean, th- this is the type of stuff like we talked about. It's starting to gain some steam here going forward. Got a sales guy here in the building. Uh, this was last week. I forgot to tell the story. He says, "Hey, me and my son were watching uh, bowling." Uh, the last couple of weeks. Who's that guy that bowls with the two hands? I didn't know guys bowled with two hands. This guy's probably in his 50s or whatever the case may be. And was just blown away by it. But again, it was another father-son deal where I think it's great. they're sitting down and watching bowling together. Right? When you were growing up, Phil, when did you start watching bowling? Oh, when I was like five years old. Five years old. Oh, yeah. Why? Who else was watching? Parents. Parents were watching. Yeah. So same, same here. Thing. Parents had it on, same so here. you watched it. Yep, it wasn't like you came. Six. So yep. you didn't come across it yourself and start watching it. The old black and white TV. Yeah, you are a dinosaur. <laughs> I mean, that's I had going a, back to the early '60s, right? I mean, when we started this radio station in 2005, we had a black and white TV set in our studio. Nice. That tells you how far behind the times we were as a station when we started. 
Um, and it was really small, and sometimes you had reception, sometimes you didn't. Um, I think it's great. It's like the snowball is rolling and getting bigger and bigger as it's going down the hill. I think that's great. But it's funny because before you walked in as the music was playing, uh, Phil had said, you know, Norm Duke, 54 years old, mm-hmm. and really the biggest thing going right now the last couple of weeks, the guy that everybody is talking about right now is Norm Duke. Jason Belmonte's star is taking a little bit of a backseat here for the last couple of weeks. Well, and how awesome is it just to show – how anybody can be in the sport of bowling with the two end ranges of Jason Belmonte and Norm Duke. I yeah. mean, it's just the variety of styles that can play out there that can do it, whether whether or not you're on the PBA tour. It just goes to show that, you know, any type of talent level can go out and have fun with bowling, but you can have an extreme type of rev rate, speed control, that type of thing to be out and be competitive on the pro tour. It's not like the PGA where yep. you got to blast it. 330 yards in order to stay competitive on tour. Yep. You don't see the guys hitting three wood persimmons off the tee, keeping it in control, and then you know chipping on and getting out with pars. You know, it's neat how the diversity of the PBA tour is really going right now. What Duke is reminding me of is what Jack Nicholas did in '86 at the Masters, and you know, Jim Nance's call, one for the ages. You know, that's what I always think when I watch Norm Duke win. Um, I just want to get the guy a tissue though for all the tears that he's been crying. Right. <laughs> See, and for me, for me, if you're going to go old school guys that did something when nobody expected it, Jimmy Connors in the U.S. Open yes. uh, years years yep. back, just putting on that show. And I remember yep, watching back in it. The 90s. I remember watching yep. it with my dad going, oh my God, this is crazy. The running was making. Yeah. We actually watched tennis back then because my dad loved Jimmy Connors. So, and the fans went crazy. Right. And oh my God, it was just nuts when he was doing that yes. whole thing. Now, this to this point with Duke, I think there's a couple things here. One, he's the kind of aw shucks, don't take this the wrong way, Norm, grandpa type feel. Like, he's just so mm-hmm. laid back and chilled. He's just the nicest guy. He's so appreciative of everything. Mm-hmm. He thanks every person he's ever met in his life when he wins. It's just that's who kind of who he is. And then you take it to the next level when you take the trophy you get and then send it through the fan base. Yeah, when you something. win, that's the thing, Phil, that I think really kind of is pushing him over the top a little bit right now because, as Tom uh, Clark tweeted out earlier this week, that ratings are up, everything is up, uh, these houses are packed with people when you guys go there, and you've been talking about that, traveling with Flow Bowling, an extra frame, and about how busy all these these uh, different houses are when the PBA shows up. Everything's going good for the PBA, but because of that now, people are picking their new favorites, people that maybe have not watched in years and so forth, and he he's growing the fan base for the PBA tour right now. And it's everything with Fox is just going really well. Even when they're having technical issues like they did the first few frames right. this past week. They just charge right through it. Hey, here we go, guys. And Randy's giving some numbers. The next thing you know, everything's back and and it looks just like the regular show. So uh, I bet you fifty percent of the people the first thing they thought of during that match is where's where's my strike tracks? What's going on? Right. <laughs> well Dave Lamont said it best, obviously when he was interviewing Tom Clark, Tom Clark's words were you guys had some really great shows to call. No doubt. On Fox Sports. And so. and they did. And see that's the thing too. And you've said it over the past couple of weeks. Sometimes you can't script it as good as the, the PBA has had it on TV as far as the drama, drama. Yep. that has occurred on TV. And yep. get this, it's all live. Right. So all you weirdos that want to see the end result before it actually happens and go on Facebook because somebody's leaking it out, which I've never understood why you would do that. Um, because, see, and again, this is for me. We've talked about this off the air. It's like this World Series of Bowling. 
right? So that those are going to be live shows. Yes, correct. Right, yeah. right, Phil. And that starts what this week, March seventeenth, next 18th. week. So the following week from, right. from tomorrow. Yep. But you're heading to World Series of Bowling for qualifying, all that stuff. Correct. This week, qualifying okay. starts Tuesday on Flowball. Right. Yep. So they come back, they do qualifying this week, and then it's going to be live TV shows. Now, in the past, World Series of Bowling has been taped. And at different places, whether it be Reno, South Point Casino, uh, wherever it's been. And I loved going to the World Series of Bowling because, like I've said before, as a fan, you couldn't beat it. You got to watch five, six, seven TV shows taped over the course of two days. And, yeah, when it played back, some didn't realize it was taped watching it on ESPN. Mm -hmm. And those that were hardcore junkies did, may have known the results by that point. Um, And then it's, well... I'm not gonna tell you who won Sparky, but I I, I know who won. Okay, right. well that's great. Keep it to yourself. I don't I I don't want to know if it was a year where I I didn't go out there. Yep. When it's live, there is none of that stuff. Now all your core fans who may not have tuned in to the World Series of Bowling before, if they knew how the TV show played out because their guy wasn't on or they heard the ending wasn't very good, I'm not even gonna watch. I know what happened. Now you eliminate all that, Dwight. I it's back to the old school. That's what it was like on Saturdays. It was completely live week from week, you know, with the technical technical difficulties or not, you know, and it was just, it's nice to go back to when it was good. What have you heard in the shop as far as pros and cons of the PBA tour this year? Well, we have also the full bowling on during the week. They were off this week, of course, but, um, I think more more of the people comment on that. And then when Flo's not going, then I'll replay the shows, obviously, thanks to YouTube. And I have that going. And um, while they're waiting for me, they'll just stand and watch the shows, you know, and comment on the shows. Um, Everyone has been positive. There has not been one negative. For those of you that don't understand or haven't listened to this show over the last several years, that doesn't happen in Dwight's Pro Shop. (laughs) It doesn't happen. It's always people complaining about this. Why doesn't the PBA do this, this, that? It's been a complaint-filled session every year at Dwight's Pro Shop in New Berlin, uh, Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin, and now you're telling me for the first time since we've been doing this radio show, we actually have positive comments. Yes, and a lot of fans uh, obviously happy for Duke, too. I think one of the big things, too, is the replays. We never Huge. got that with the PBN, and ESPN. Yeah. I think everybody's really getting a chance where all of a sudden you miss it, you check your program guide, it's either on Fox Sports 1 or yes. FS2 yep. or FS Wisconsin you can catch replays on. And I think that's really helped a great deal where if people even just missed something that happened in a match, you know, they can right. go back, oh, hey, I can watch this again and see what happened. Right. See why Duke and Simonson played the lanes different, that kind of thing. That's really been helpful. Yeah, Tuesday night we were obviously – my daughter bowls Tuesday night at New Berlin, and, and um, they had a replay on Fox Sports while we were having dinner. Um, one of the TVs at least was on, and I said to the bartender, I go, that should be above all the TVs on the on the lanes. Yeah. yeah. They had a basketball game on instead, but right. you can get the proprietors to buy in. That's my only complaint. Get all the proprietors to buy in. I'm putting bowling on your TVs See, I think while, what you you're, do is while that, you're league bowling. Now, this is what I would say is if you're in that situation, like you're saying, if the bowling is going to be on, you just pre-program the channels. Now, the first thing I would look for if I was doing this would be, okay, are the Bucks or the Brewers on, right, or the Packers? Uh, are any of those on? Okay, Marquette, so Bucks right. or Marquette or Badgers, right. are any of those on? Okay, so these games are on. So let's put these on set TVs, right? Then after that, 
Then I go through and I look and go, okay, I've got the Bucks game on five TVs. I've got Marquette game on five TVs. Let's go ahead and throw the PBA on the rest of the TVs. And then if people come up and be like, hey, can you change PBA off the Bucks or Marquette? Sure, no problem. We'll do that. But at least give them a chance to see it a little bit. You know, you don't have to blast it on all the TVs. But put the Bucks up on a few, put Marquette yes. up on a few, and then put the PBA up on a few. Right. And then if they come up and want to change, then you change it. There's no big deal. I mean, it doesn't take. It's not that hard. I don't think. I mean, I've never done it, but I don't think it's that hard to change one TV behind one bowling alley. No, I've seen them. Uh, we were when we were in Jonesboro for the event. We were at a Buffalo Wild Wings there, and the manager was presetting everything to pop and change channels the whole night long. And those. And the other thing is funny is, we went and joined a gym last Saturday, um, and at the gym we go to, they have just it's one huge row of TVs, right? Yep. right. And they're all pre-programmed. To different channels, right. and they won't change them. That's it. So if you want to watch ABC, then get on the treadmills or the ellipticals in this area. If you want to watch Fox Sports Wisconsin, then get on the treadmills over in this area. Well, that's beautiful too, because that means the when the, those replays happen for bowling, those people are going to be it's going to be right there, and they can just tune over to listen to it or just watch it or whatever the case may be. And you'd have to assume it's that way in all the gyms across the country with a lot of these gyms where they have them pre-programmed. Now, the one thing that I saw last night that I wasn't aware of, and I don't know if you have seen this or not, though, but you know these all these Fox Sports um, regional networks are all up for sale because Disney doesn't want them. I mean, they bought the package, but they got they're going to sell them off. So everybody's kind of on pins and needles wanting to see what happens here because if somebody buys this that isn't sports related, and be like, deuces, this has been fun. We're going to build you know the tenth news empire. Um, or whatever the case is, then that's the end of it. Last night I was reading uh, that LL Cool J um, and uh, the guys that he's in bed with uh, for that three-man uh, basketball league, uh, those same three guys, I think it's, is it Dr. Dre? It might be I Dr. Dre, is, yeah. Dr. Dre, LL Cool J, and another guy um, are putting together a proposal to buy that network and launch their own sports network um, at that point. Okay, so... What does that mean? I don't know. Does that mean – I mean, he he said in the question and answer article that I was reading about, you know, the NBA, MLB, we're all about supporting them and so forth, how much of these contracts will he stay with? How much of these contracts will he bail on and be like, yeah, it's fun, but uh, we're out? Because at that point, I don't think – we'd have to ask Tom Clark this. I don't know if contractually he would be obligated to keep anything on any of these regional networks considering he's not the one that signed it. At least from a radio standpoint, having been a part of stations being bought and sold, I was at one radio station. We carried uh, Brewers, Badgers, Notre Dame basketball and football, all this stuff. We got sold. New guy came in, got rid of all the contracts, said, yeah, we're out on all of them. I didn't sign this. We're out and escaped all of them and canceled all the sports on the station. So I don't know how it works for TV, but – if it stays sports, that's what you want. Yeah, I think everything right now with uh, Boeing and, and the direction that uh, Fox Sports has taken is all positive direction. But we've been talking about this for seven to eight years on our radio show and what needed to be done, and it got done. So now my question to you is, what would you do different from what it is right now? Nothing. I mean, I, I, I think they're doing a great job. The only thing, and I'm we're going to nitpick, right? The only thing I think they need to do a better job of is on these TV shows, and I you're in a time crunch, so mm-hmm. I get it, right? You can only do so much in a certain amount of time. I just wish there was more info on the bowlers 
Like oh, yeah, that yeah. first mm-hmm. week when they came out the bios, and they did these little right. videos and stuff. Yeah. I just think that's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Little background stuff. Now they like to do coming out of breaks, um, like flashbacks and yes. stuff like that coming out yeah. of breaks. Yep. Do you guys watch American Idol at all? Yes. No. You don't watch American Idol. Have you ever yep. seen it? Uh, once or twice. Okay. Kelly Clarkson days. It's been a while. Okay. Yeah. You've seen it. I, okay. I've been watching it even this year. Okay. Yes. And we watch it too. Yeah. So, but what happens is some of these qualifiers uh, in the early going, uh, people are trying out, they give like their little background story right. type deal, right? Those and are typically in... the ones that are going to go through. Correct. That's why they do it. Correct. But right. they're, but it's background as far as they're in their town or they have whatever right. else, right? For me, that would be kind of next step stuff, right? Where you kind of get to see where AJ Attack grew up or whatever else. And it's a little 30, 45 second, 60 yes, second montage right. coming mm-hmm. out of a break uh, about people in his town and what EJ Tackett means and blah, 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 blah. Stuff like that. You know, just introduce that common fan that doesn't know Jack nothing about Jason <clears throat> Belmonte, doesn't right. know Jack nothing about Norm Duke or whatever else. And for Norm Duke, it would have to be going to his town. It could just be three, four guys from back in the day talking about Mike Olby and some of these guys talking about bowling against Norm Duke and so forth. I always look at it as this. Is is Belmo, like, in Australia, is he, like, one of the top sports figures from New Wales? Or No chance. No. He's he's made national news there, obviously, with what he's done. But Look how big he, he is he, here. I don't think he walks down the street in Sydney, Australia, and gets recognized by more than a couple dozen people. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, I mean, you've got Australian basketball over there, so you've got Andrew Bogut over yeah, there. Yeah, Bogut. Um, you've got uh, IndyCar drivers that are over sure. there that are really good. Aussie rules football, rugby, or cricket are the big sports there. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I don't – I don't. And he could. I mean, he's grown his brand for sure, no doubt. Yeah. But does he get mobbed like he's LeBron or something? No, I, I can't imagine that's happening to him over there. No. And that might be part of the reason why he stays over there, to be honest with you. Not to say that he'd get mobbed here like LeBron James, but he would definitely be noticed here. If he lived here year-round and you know lived in Chicago or something or whatever else, he would get asked for autographs and pictures from time to time. That would oh, probably yeah. happen. Yeah. In Australia, I'm guessing that probably doesn't happen as much as maybe as it would happen here. And maybe I'm reading it completely wrong. I've never been to Australia in my life. No, so. I think it happens for him there. When he's at his parents' bowling center in Orange, it hap- you know he's getting pictures and you know taking pictures of people that kind of thing all the time. If he's outside that center, it's no different than here. Pretty much anonymous if you're walking down the street, unless people really know who you are. Unless people are really watching it, right? right? Unless you're so, Kyle Troop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're Kyle Troop or Pete Weber. I mean that that's what it is. And that that and again to that tweet earlier, a guy tweeted back, This is my guy, and it was a Jeff of P. Yep. Weber. And, and there it was. And I'm like, that you guys have done anything all year. But that's still his guy at this point until he finds out Pete Weber isn't bowling anymore or retired. Uh then he'll he'll have to switch. I just I don't know, man. I every week it happens. I find it on Twitter, somebody brings it up to me here in the building or outside the building, and I'm just blown away. I just have a big smile on my face, like, dude, this thing is going. Yeah, and it just keeps rolling, and, and the the ratings by the time these two-hour shows are done are just really incredible. Uh, Jeff Riggles talked to Tom Clark and his 11th Frame blog, and it was 369,000 average viewers for the first run of the Jonesboro Open, but when it got to the Norm Simonson match, 541,000 viewers for that final, and that was more than they had for Norm Belmo the week before. Think about it that just, for a second. Yeah, it just shows you how much everything is snowballing, and you know, if they can build some more interest earlier in those shows instead of people just waiting for that championship match, that's really yeah. going to help with the with the advertisers coming on board in the next couple of years. Yeah, I said this before we went off the air last week. Wouldn't it be a great story if Norm 
did win, uh, and someone did take Norm to win last week before we went off the air. Um, right. Not going anywhere with that, but mm-hmm. um, it, and and it, and it came true, and and that's why so many of the fans are talking about it because of how special this is and how big it is that obviously a. Um, a bowler his age goes back-to-back titles. Right. I got a correction here on Twitter listening. Uh, David says the big league, big three league is run by Ice Cube, not LL Cool J. So it must be LL Cool J and Ice Cube then. Maybe it's those two guys working along with this other guy that working on buying this. But I read the, the, the uh, story last night. It's definitely LL Cool J, though. He's definitely uh, one of the three. So thanks, Dave, uh, for listening to the show and correcting me. Like everybody does on the big show. Uh, there he is, <laughs> Dwight. There he is, Phil Bravo. We'll come back and talk about that big show from yesterday. That saw Norm Duke win his 40th career title on the PBA Tour. Welcome back, Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show, only on 105.7 FM, the fancy Sparky Pfeiffer. Dwight Albrecht, Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. What's the latest over there, buddy? Well, we I'm really excited for next Sunday because one of my dear friends and uh, fellow teammates, Danny Speranza, is going to be joining us from USBC yep. to start talking about some of the new rule changes that are coming. So I hope that uh, a lot of the league bowlers listen in because we're going to be covering a lot of stuff. And so we're How real much excited of this to stuff have Danny is on. Make people angry. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, we went you through a real know. change don't in 1990. He, he doesn't know. You know. You talk to everybody. I don't think it's going to be as bad as everyone thought a year ago it was going to be. Okay. You know, but Danny, obviously, uh, we're currently under the rules that he wrote in 1990, system of bullying, or I call it SOB. Right. Uh, and so now, obviously, we have a different era coming, and so so you're changing. Our job is just to inform at times, so I'm excited to have him on. Yeah, I can't wait for me. Just, just to... like NASCAR, people find different ways to get around it. Well, I can't wait to react to all <laughs> this stuff when I hear it. Uh, okay, uh, Phil Brylo over there, Flow Bowling, Extra Frame on PBA.com. Great service to uh, watch all your qualifying matches leading up to it. They have uh, some of their own tournaments as well that maybe you don't see on TV. How many of those do you have this year? Less than in years past? No, actually more, but they're all kind of bunched together. Beginning in, with the summer tour, we're going back to Lubbock at the end of June and June, July, and August is full of all these tournaments that used nice. to be extra frame tour events. And it actually counts for what's called the USBC Points Cup list. And there's an extra 40 grand the USBC is putting up for the leaders of these point lists to get as a bonus for these uh, summer events. So it's going to be pretty good. There's So there's incentive for these guys to bowl year-round. Right. There's there's eight or there's eight or nine events altogether. A couple of them are the World Bowling Tour events. One of them is the U.S. Open. But in uh, August, there's five events back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Wow. Across the country. We start in uh, Virginia, work our way back to Aurora, Illinois. So for the most, and that's uh, a Rash Center, right? Or yeah. where Rash is? Where Rash kind of bowls out of now. Right, now. Sean Rash, right? Because he does uh, different events down there, too. So let me see if I got this right. So the PBA Tour starts in January now, mm-hmm. right? Or end of December with that tournament. But for the most part, January. January. And it doesn't end really until when? End of August, early September? Yeah, basically for the for the stuff in the U.S., it'll end end of September uh, or beginning of September with the tour. They'll have the U.S. Open in October, late October, 
and then there's a couple of World Bowling Tour events on either side of that U.S. Open. Can somebody please explain to me why the hell the U.S. Open is in October, separate from it's the rest of the damn season. Tw- it's moving in 2020 because they were under contract. The USBC runs the U.S. Open. They were under contract with CBS Sports Network. Right. They're moving it into the Fox contract in 2020. And then what? where is it it's going? Be in February. It'll be in Lincoln, Nebraska next year in February. Oh, that's cool. Lincoln, Nebraska. So, yeah. All right. Good. So they just announced that so a in February. weeks ago. So it'll be with the rest of the schedule. Thank right. God. You can't be having a damn major month separated from the rest of the schedule because for multiple reasons one nobody's going to be watching because it's going to get lost you're going to be in the middle of nfl football season and everything else you're good it's good it's going to completely going to get lost in the wash at the end of the day it should be part of the schedule so mm-hmm. that's good but how about that dwight i mean you've got bowling january through the end of august and then as we were talking about phil these guys now can go and bowl overseas if they want on the World Bowling uh, League or whatever it is, right? It wasn't a it wasn't a PBA Tour uh, event in Cutter this last week, but Kyle Troop coming back off his injured finger. Yes, he and a couple other pros were over there. Is he doing? Uh, it's, he got through the tournament, so I assume we'll see him full uh, World Series of Bowling in the next couple of days. Sound like the finger is pretty healed for him. Good. So yeah, and he finished pretty well over in Cutter. Here, so here's yeah. my question for you, and again, I'm dating myself, but nah. back, back in the 70s and 80s when they had the the tour, of course, and and they were live. How many events more do we do today than what they did back then? Well, a lot of times back in the 80s, the summer tour, fall tour weren't televised till it got on NBC in the late 80s, early 90s for the fall tour. So there were some of they were still 35, 36 events okay. uh, a year. I know Tommy Hudson has the cash record on the PBA tour. He cashed in 33 events one year in the 70s. Okay. So uh, it just never got the TV. Right. There was a lot of stuff in the summer tour and fall tour in the 70s and 80s that never got It just seems like there's more uh, today. It seems to me like the season this year is much, much longer on TV than it's ever been. Well, and the best part about that is, is and once again, yeah, you're dealing with tape shows coming out of Portland, Maine, but you're going to have those weekly shows of the PBA playoffs as those guys make their way to the 100 grand. And then the final show for the 100 grand for the semifinals and finals, that's going to be live. So there's no spoilers floating out there for anybody. You might have a little bit of a bracket spoiler on the way if right. you pay attention on the internet, but you got to wait until June to see those last couple events. Yeah, for the well, hundred grand. It, I, I just it, and you said the Portland Maine the league play that's taped. That's not actually going to be live. No, league plays all all live, live this too. Year. One weekend, all live. Ten hours. I think it's ten hours total of programming in one weekend. In one weekend for the PBA league. Or weeknights, actually. Weeknights, right, right, right. But I was yeah. like, what the hell yeah, are they doing days. 10 hours in a weekend? <laughs> yeah. Right. Two or three days, it's over. They got it's marathon TV bowling. Right. They'll have quarterfinals. <laughs> bowling heaven. Yeah, uh, in July, quarterfinals on a Tuesday, semifinals on a Wednesday, and the finals on a Thursday. So I think it's about 10 hours altogether. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. All right, so I lied, so now we've got to take another break because now we're ready for the next break. Uh, and then we will come back and talk about the Norm Duke 40th victory. Plus, before the show gets up, I want to get into these playoff point standings and so forth because we really haven't touched about on that really at all as far as who is where, where the cutoff line is and all that stuff. That's still straight ahead. Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show, only on the fan. That's the late spare time bowling show. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer here. Phil Brawler over there. Flow blowing. Flow bowling. And extraframe.com. And uh, you are back on the road this week. I'm heading uh, out on 94 as soon as we're done with the show here. Heading my way to Detroit. Well, you're getting breakfast first. Well, yeah. Gotta have breakfast with my wife. Yeah. Right. Gotta have exactly. breakfast. Because then you won't see her for another month. Right. So you probably. <laughs> 
take a snapshot, remember what she looks like. Uh, over here, Dwight Albrecht, of course, the New Berlin uh, Spare Time Pro Shop. If you're looking to get your ball drilled, that's where you go for that. Also, don't forget Castle Lanes. Great place if you're looking to do some uh, summer bowling starting in May. Uh, they have their uh, doubles league starting up. One hour of your time is all it takes. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. But these leagues are filling up fast. It's like $15 uh, to bowl in it. Uh, you get a three-ball roller bag from Storm or, uh, what is it, a high-five jersey, I want to say it is. Right? High-five uh, jersey like the PBA guys wear. One of those two things you want for just joining the league. Uh, and then you get a couple hundred dollars cash if you win and choice of a Storm bowling ball if you end up winning the league. And it's one hour a week. So I'm not sure what time it starts at, but let's say it starts at 7. You get there at 7, you're out at 8. That's it. Enjoy the rest of your summer night. Yeah. I Again, like I've, I've always said, yeah, Phil Anko at Castle Lanes just gets it more than anybody else, yeah. seemingly. Uh, yeah. So go check that out. Plus, they got their volleyball starting as well down at Castle Lanes. Mm-hmm. You want to sign up for that. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, get into what happened uh, at the Gold Bowling PBA Jonesboro Open. Uh, last week, and now again, a couple of guys of note weren't there, right? Uh, there was yeah. no Belmonte. He took the week off. Right. Troop is still recovering from his finger thing, uh, so he wasn't there either. But the, pretty much the rest of the field was there, right? Absolutely, yeah. It was a strong field. It was a smaller field. There was only 84 guys to start with, but they were just beating each other up the whole week. So. In the opening match, uh, Chris Prather uh, ends up uh, getting uh, four strikes, converting a 10-pin through three more strikes. Uh, and builds the lead and uh, wouldn't look back over Kazoi, who bowled really well yep. in that match, was just getting tapped a little bit more than Prather was. Couldn't figure out the left lane, um, and obviously it wasn't finishing enough for him, and uh, Chris puts a little bit more on the ball than Kazoi, and and obviously um, uh, I got lined up quick on both lanes. and through the, I, I still think he is one of the up-and-coming big talents that are out there, uh, during flow bowling that week, one of the most impressive 300 games I've ever seen in my life came from Chris Prather when he hit, shot 300. Uh, I don't know, was it match play? Yeah, it was during match play. It was like sixth arrow. Mm. He dropped the ball on sixth arrow. There's only seven arrows on the lane. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he, it shoots 300. Right. And, and with the way the scores were, with a kind of a, a medium to low scoring pace that week, he just shot right up the leaderboard after he did that, and then there was no looking back till he got to yeah. the show. I, I got this question asked to me. Um, again, more people following bowling than ever before. So you watched bowling, right? And then you have the shark pattern was on one lane, and right. then it was the viper, viper. on the other right. lane, right? So people, or I got a question earlier this week of, during qualifying, are they bowling on those same two patterns on different lanes throughout qualifying, or is that just for the TV show? No, that was the entire week was shark on the left and viper on the right for the entire week, qualifying, match play, the whole event. Mm. So That's beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Uh, and the difference between the two this week, Dwight? In, in terms of? As far as how you approach both of those patterns? Well, you have to have different equipment. You have to play different lines. There are different distances. There are different volumes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it's all pieces of the puzzle. And with the lower volume they had in that Viper pattern, less oil overall in the pattern as well, you could see mm-hmm. how quick that pattern was changing this yes. week as compared to last week in Indianapolis where the left lane, because the left lane was longer with the Dick Weber but had a lower volume, that left lane was changing quicker as compared to the Mike Albee in Indianapolis. So. These guys always have to be on their toes knowing everything that's going on with these lane patterns. No doubt. It was a 45-foot oil pattern for the Shark, 36-foot uh, for the Viper on that right lane. So 246, 236, and again, going back to scripting it up, I think if you're the PBA, you're happy. Just like, you know, for baseball, you know, chicks <clears throat> take the long ball. I, yeah. I think people dig strikes in bowling. 
Can you uh, explain to me what, after uh, Chris won that match, what the fans were doing with the loud hand clapping? Like, is that a, I think like a shark? Music? I think they were playing Baby Shark. Baby for, Shark. Yeah. So it's, uh, the, it's like a yeah. toddler song. Yeah. A three-year-old loves it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy, like, these sharks, and they play the Baby Shark music, and they play it at daycare and all of that. Yeah. Got a smile out of Prather. Yeah. You got a kick out of it. I'll play coming out of the next break. I'll find it for you. <laughs> uh, in the second match, Simonson uh, jumps to uh, an early big, big lead uh, with Prather. Uh, and, and Prather pretty much just got lost a little bit there uh, early on in that in that one, right? Well, those right, those back-to-back tens in the fourth and yep. fifth pretty much kind of sealed his fate right there. Not you know that early, but Simonson just kept charging away. And, uh, even with the open he had a split Simonson. in the eighth. Yeah, even with that four nine, where he thought you know it was good, but it picked up a little early. If I, at that, I'll be honest with you. After that match, I was saying to myself, Duke's in a lot of trouble. But again, yes. watching watching yep. this show lately, you can't start projecting in yep. match two what the hell it's going to be like in the championship right, exactly. match. You just can't. I learned my lesson again this week. I did it again. I'm like. I uh, do this. This Duke may not get forty this week. I thought the same thing. I'm like, I picked Duke to win, and like based off of how they were Simonson hooking the ball, you know, on the lane conditions, at least on the right lane. Duke never, I, I thought, never was going to have a chance. And boy, did they get ugly quick. Oh, especially that right lane. I that's where I thought EJ when I picked EJ. I thought yeah. he's going to be able to overpower that right lane still. Get the ball to travel long enough and, and come back not so hard on the back end. And that wasn't the case because the pattern was all chewed up. And next thing you know, EJ's having problems in that semifinal match on the right lane. And did you see that all week then during qualifying and match play? Was yeah. it the same thing? Yeah. The guys were having more trouble on the on the right lane. And than you the heard left. Duke say several times during that show how tough they were this week. And now you can see it clearly how bad they deteriorated. During just an hour and a half, two hour show. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so Simonson defeats uh, Prather there, two forty seven to two oh three. That brings us to Simonson uh, and Tackett. And like Phil, you just said, Tackett just kind of got messed up on the one lane and couldn't get himself out of it. And as a ball rep, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. What do you do as a ball rep in that situation when a guy gets himself so lost on a lane condition? Because you're supposed to be the one watching from the outside, right. trying to help him make a ball change as soon as possible or make that adjustment. I think it was just bad shots on EJ's part. I don't think there's a single thing a ball rep could have done at that point in time. You, you were just at, missing. You look at the strike tracks. Yeah, you look at the strike tracks. It was just bad shots that EJ was making. Even though he did not win, it, to me, was the, the most entertaining match of the year so far. Yeah. The split conver- conversions he made and how the fans gave him standing ovations, him pointing at the See, booth and the, you know. Right. That's the one thing for me that I've noticed too. And maybe it's been there other years. I haven't paid as much attention. It really seems like the fans this year really are getting down with con- split conversions. Like they re- almost to the point where like they're more impressed when you convert a split than when you throw a strike, it seems. Yes. You think, you think so too? Well, it very seldom. I don't know what the statistics. Because if you're not have, a huge bowling fan, yeah, I, I mean, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, it was nice. But if you are a huge bowling fan and know how hard some of these splits are that they're converting two four, two, four uh, eight ten, yes, right. yep. to convert on TV, you're going, damn, like mm-hmm. there's no way I'm probably making that shot if you gave me ten shots. And mm-hmm. when you see these guys make it, I think that's why I think some of these, a lot of these people are showing up are bowlers. They kind of understand mm-hmm. how difficult some of this yeah, stuff is. Yeah, talking about people in the in the stands, I noticed the husband and wife was actually in the crowd off to the right. They kept showing her several times. And they were also in this in the front row for I think it was when they were in Texas. Um, Lubbock, okay. Lubbock, Texas in the front in the front row. And well, I mean, how many 
bands travel around uh, the the world, uh, U.S. to follow them or to get on a TV show, live TV show. Well, like I said I had, I've seen family in Indianapolis. We were I talking about family, this. Last I saw week. family yeah. from the St. Louis area. You know that was in Indianapolis. I saw family from the Kansas City area that was in Jonesboro. You know they're they're making they're making the travels. Some wow. people are making these. I'm oh, sure we'll have that at World Series. I'm sure we'll have some people from, sure. from other countries again that'll come in just to watch the World Series and make a bowling vacation out of it. Wow, a bowling vacation. Yeah. You did hear what you just said. Yeah, I did, and I've seen it. Just so. checking, just making sure you heard what yeah. you just said. You said a bowling vacation. Yeah. Think about that. When was the last time you've ever heard such a thing? I mean, you've heard of people traveling to see the Brewers in a different city in the summertime. Yeah, sure. Because then you can go to a couple of games before you head home. I've heard of people traveling to see the Packers play during the football season. Yep. I don't hear really as much about the Bucks, but ask, ask, the other two. Ask Phil Anko about how many people have come in to see Castle Lanes that live two, three, four hours away. Oh, yeah. I've heard those stories. Coming so, yeah, from Ohio so, and yeah, all over the right. place to so see the center. Of, so it's kind of the same thing now with the tour where they have their favorites. They come and see them. I mean, this little guy last week just was absolutely in love with EJ Tackett, the kid in Indianapolis the week before. Seven years old, two and a lefty, favorite bowler, Jesper Svensson. So mm. Jesper was sitting by my booth. I introduced the kid to him, and the kid was just in awe. Of, I get to see my idol. You know, I get to see this yeah. guy on TV, and now I get to see him in person. And Jesper signed his hat. That's so it was awesome. awesome. Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah. See, and that's the big thing too is how these bowlers relate to the fans when they get mm-hmm. that opportunity. That they're mm-hmm. not jerks. That they actually are taking time to take a picture, sign an autograph, or whatever. Because you got to think they're kind of feeling it too right now. I mean, I don't know. Of these guys that you talk to on Flow Bowling during the course of the week, Phil, if you've asked them this question, but I would think they've got to feel the momentum building right now for their sport too. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when they're getting when they're sitting in the booth with us, if they don't make match play, right? Like we've had Stu Williams and Chris Barnes and Tommy Jones the last couple of weeks in there, and the fans just go nuts. You see, just see it on Twitter where they're just going, "Oh, Tommy and Stu are great, and they're having a good time, mm-hmm. and you know, they're talk, they're learning a lot from what they're talking about." In your booth, who is the, who is the best? pro that you've had in the booth when you guys are calling full boy and I, I know Stu is as funny as heck well yeah and it, it all depends on the time of you know if it's you know game three of match play and there's 24 games of match play having Stu in there is great because he's got stories he can say what's right. going on if he gets another pro in there they can you know share you know what happened on tour that kind of thing uh when it gets to the nitty-gritty there's some really good guys out there Chris Barnes is phenomenal uh Tom Doherty he's been in the booth with us a couple times this year and uh, Tom's really good, too, where, where it gets down to match play, where he can explain what's going on in the lanes, what the bowlers are seeing. That the insight, thing. yeah. And it's the insight that they don't have time for on TV because right. of how fast-paced everything is. Yep. Barnes has always been good. Yeah. Uh, on TV, Barnes is really good. Yeah, I like him a smart lot. Smart guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I very, think, very smart guy. I, I really like him a lot. Okay, so now you get to the championship match, that semifinal match with Simonson. Or not Simonson. Uh, yeah, Simonson over Tackett, 214 to 199. And at the end of the day... Simonson fell apart. Duke didn't miss much of anything, uh, and that was it. It it wasn't a close championship match. I I know that it's a fast ten frames, but I, I mean, it, it. And Randy did mention it that it this was a gift wrapped win for Duke, um, just because Simonson was completely lost. But here's the thing that confuses me is he had to see that during the week, and I know that game goes by real fast. But man, he just someone dropped the ball and didn't get. Get him a weak enough ball for that right lane, Phil. I don't know if that really would have mattered. He just he even said it himself in the in the seventh frame. Simonson goes uncomfortable is right. the word for it right now. Right. He just didn't feel comfortable. I don't think it would have mattered what you put would have put in his hand at that point in time. And that guy the was physical lost. and mental things were not yep. working together, and it just wasn't going to happen at that point in yeah. time. Meltdown. I love Meltdown the, the Norm Duke line on the PBA article. 
You never know what's good enough until it's over, but I love the fact that I didn't have any open frames. Yep. And then this is the quote, spares wins titles. Yep. I mean, that's those defense wins championships in football, spares win titles. Yeah. All ball filling frames when they get ugly. Well, it, it, I don't think it matters because we've seen scoring paces. We saw a huge scoring pace this year in Oklahoma. And what came down to matter in that championship match, once again, another open frame in the championship match. We're yeah. missing spares. But open frames throughout that have cost people. Yeah, right. I like the interview. Missing that, 10 pins and everything else. Yeah. I like the interview that Kimberly Bressler had with him before the match started. Yeah. And he and you could see that I'm thinking when I'm watching Duke, he's like, "Holy man, this guy's a tactician." Yep. You know, I mean, he is figuring it out what he's got to do before he even gets out there. You have to. You could see his brain going like 17 different directions. Yep, it was cool. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, he's Dwight Albrecht, Phil Brawl over there, number 40, 40th PBA Ooh. title, three weeks shy of his 55th birthday, and he beat a 22 year old in the process. And Anthony Simonson. And I don't think anybody in the PBA Tour was mad that he won another title. I mean, they got no. a story up at PBA.com right now talking about how all these guys love them some Norm Duke. Yeah, so remember last week I was telling you I had a quick Norm Duke story Sure, for you? yes. Yeah. So uh, the first year the Masters came into town, which was, Phil, was that 2005? Four. Okay. Which one was that? Was that at Miller the Park. Uh, Miller Park final? Oh, yeah. Danny I bowled, Weissman, Miller Park. I bowled at Miller Park and the celebrity thing with Wes, Ronnie, and Allie. We bowled out how there. How was that? Uh, it was it was fun. Funny. I mean, there were a bunch of people in the stands watching in the whole deal, and yeah, I mean, we wow. we were all like, dude, this what is a thrill. This that is, had to be this is crazy <laughs> bowling out there because uh, I mean, we didn't belong out there. Obviously, Danny Wiseman was out right, there with Wiseman, us, and yeah. some of those guys. Uh, yeah, so okay, go ahead. So Bill Pulaski, who was the manager of AMF West Dallas, and I'm there giving lessons on my Saturday, he comes up to me and he says, well, "We're going to have Norm Duke in next week for a celebrity match." I'm like, "Oh, okay." You know, like that, and he goes, "Oh, we'd like to have you bowl against him." And I looked up at him. I go, uh, "No." <laughs> and so, obviously, he looks down at me. He goes, "Well, why?" I said, "Because I don't want to get embarrassed. I know how good he is." So that's what I told him for an answer. So I go home and I tell my wife what just happened. And she goes, "Heck yeah, you're going to be bowling against him that week." And so the thing that I took out of it is, um, "Wait, wait, wait, wait. What yeah. happened? Did you or did you not bowl?" I did against do him? it. You did do it. I did do it. And I. He played with me and beat <laughs> and beat me two forty three to two thirty six. And Sparky, what I, was the score? Two forty three, two thirty six. Damn, you and put up a fight. I gave him every possible <laughs> good shot I could. Were give you him. In, were you in crazed white mode, like not talking? No, anybody. I did not oh, go psycho. Focused. Like you think I go psycho? Uh, I, was, I, was just, I was just wondering. It, here's the deal: if he wanted to shoot three hundred against me that game, he could have. That's what I pulled out of it. And right. then the other thing I pulled out of it is. There is no way at that time I was ready to compete against these guys. They're that good. Did he that, say anything to you about how impressed he was with you? One of the, a little bit. He said afterwards, he goes, you're bowling the Masters, aren't you? I said, no. And he goes, you're kidding me, right? And I'm like, come on, I can average 220 on a house shot, but I'm not going to average 220 on a USBC sport compliant pattern whenever they put out there that right. week. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I mean, it's just. The way they could change the role of the ball, one of the questions I asked them, and, and Bill took a, a photo of me with them, and I'm like this with my hands talking to him, and, and I said, I know you got an A game and a B game, Norm. And before I could get another word out, he looks at me and goes, in Norm Duke Manor, hell, man, I have C, D, E, and F. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I mean, yeah. it was a great yeah, experience, but I sure I wanted to beat him so bad, bad, and yeah, and they're just so darn good. If it wasn't for your wife, you wouldn't even have done it. No, I, I probably I didn't want to get embarrassed. <laughs> There's no way you I realize how good those guys are. You're pretty good yourself. There's no yeah. way you were going to get embarrassed. There's no no. Nah, if it would have been me, yeah, that would have been ugly. <laughs> uh, he's Dwight. He's Phil. I'm Spark. We'll come back. Uh, look at the playoff standings up next. Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show, only on 105.7 FM, The Fan. If you missed any of the other shows, you always can go back to Fan On Demand. Presented to you by John Paul's Buick GMC at 105.7 FM, TheFan.com. Here are all of the previous shows so far this year. I think this is our 10th show. I think that's what it is. I think, it's, right. I think it's our 10th yep. show uh, for the year. All right, time now to go over the look at the playoff point list uh, at this point. Uh, and... You can go to PBA.com and go through the season stats and get to the points list that way. Jason Belmonte out in front by a ton, mm-hmm. uh, like 5,000 points, um, 18,550. Second is EJ Tackett right now uh, at 13,890. Norm Duke is third after those two wins, 13,565. So he's knocking on the door to pass EJ Tackett here for second. Anthony Simonson in fourth, 13,200. And this was a surprise to me. Sean Rash in fifth, 12,640. And just been consistent all year. Right. Making a lot of caches and and the points. Doubles win. Yeah. And the points are, 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 you know, as you're closer to the top, it's a little more weighted that way. Uh, So when you're getting a lot of those sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth place finishes, those points are really going to roll up for you. And then uh, that's their top five, uh, 24 down in that area uh, where it all is right now. Nicholas Pate, Brad Miller down there topped at uh, 23. Tommy Jones, 22. Don Barrett, 21. Josh Blanchard, 20. It's the top 24 positions that make it. And the other important spot other than 24 guys are looking at is number eight because bowlers first through eighth, they get a one-round bye through that bracket in the playoffs. And right now eighth's Tom Doherty. West Malott is ninth. Kyle Troop is 10th. Bill O'Neill, 11th. Um, and that one round by means they're not on TV for that, that week either then, right? Not the first week, but uh, I think the first uh, four weeks of shows are either live for the first part of the bracket, and then they're going to have the rest of the 9 to 24 right. tape for the next three. But those first round matches are one game matches. You get out of that single first elimination round, single game elimination one game and you're done so if you're, <laughs> if you're in one through eight those matches are a best of three situation oh my goodness so my question so, for you is this is a great idea again is this another one of tom clark's babies did I he come would, up with this i would one? assume that tom and fox working together came up with the yep. playoffs. yeah i love it on the outside looking in right now uh tom smallwood 25th Stu williams 26th uh, Sean Maldonado, 27th. Patrick Gerard, 28th. I, some of the names of note. I think everyone's going to be chasing Belmo. Yep. Oscar Palermo, 32nd. Thomas Larson, 33rd. Brad Angelo, 34th. So those are the guys on the outside looking in, trying to get into that top 24. And like uh, we talked about, there's tiers. There's tier one, tier two, and tier three. And then you have to be in the top 40 in points to stay in the PBA League this year if you're not retained by your team. So that could be important for a lot of guys. Oh, yeah. Like Andrew Anderson didn't get picked last year. Right. He's 36th in points. He falls out. Could be another year without our player of the year on the team in PBA League. Right now, 40th is Michael oh. Tang. Michael Machuga, Jason Sterner, uh, Chris Loeschetter are kind of the names. Martin Larson. Kind of the names on the outside looking in mm. uh, at this point. All right, that'll do it for the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowl Show. Talk to you tonight after the Bucks take on the Spurs. Bye bye.